podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for downloading another episode of the Glasgow is Green podcast, aka Gigpod. Episode 9 wasn't a cheery one. For a start, Rizzo was on it, and it was immediately after a disgraceful result and subsequent cup exit to Ross County. Since then, Celtic have doubled down and kept Neil Lennon on through stubbornness or optimistic faith, depending on your view of things. So once in a great while, we are privileged to experience an event so extraordinary, it becomes part of our shared heritage. 1969, man walks on the moon. 1971, man walks on the moon again. Then for a long time, nothing happened. Until tonight, here for episode 10, breaking his podcast in VL, it's Spunkphone, aka uh, Spunkphone. Thanks for coming on, and tell me again, Spunkphone, how much Adidas Celtic merchandise have you bought this season? <laughs> oh, it's, it's good to be here, Stevie. I think um, you, you and the, the rest of Twitter um, are all fully aware of of, uh, of just how little Celtic merchandise I've bought this season, so... Uh, no, great to be on. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of single-handedly responsible for getting you guys to come back. So it's about time I got my own episode. Do you know what I mean? I'll I'll move on to that in a minute, right? But first off, your reintroduction. Let's just calm down here. Let's bring it in a bit, brother. So to anyone who doesn't have a social media account, I'm very jealous of you. You should cherish that because you'll not have heard a spunk phone. But of course, if you do have one, you'll know that the guest on tonight's show is the official Celtic shit poster who has no filter, no boundaries, and no girlfriend. <laughs> Nothing is off limits for him, not even us at Gigpod. And yesterday, he had a wee dig at our post shaming Celtic for their unprofessional streak since the start of the pre-season, saying that we did... Is this how I pronounce it? Communic- a communicate with us, yeah, Okay, thanks. Now, I want to know what this means. I'm a man who works from home, so I don't hear the word on the street spunk phone. So it, it's just a meme, isn't it? It's a, uh, I think it's Real Madrid always post like any sort of club statement that they put out. It's communicado official, so it's just became like a, a meme on Twitter basically. So he's done a wee sort of post the other day. I seen you use the notes app, didn't you? Am I, am I right in saying that? Sherlock Holmes, step aside. You are. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that uh, spunk phone detective agency is working overtime tonight. But I so just any any time somebody posts something like that on a notes app, it's just. Communicado official, so it's there's no sort of deeper meaning to it, you know what I mean? It's fair to say without you there would be no resurrection at Gigpod. Your cries for it to return at first were falling on deaf ears, but then they were answered because now look at us. We're back, we're the most hated Celtic podcast in the biz once more. We're gonna be hated even more because you're on it. So you must be so proud. I honestly I'm I'm buzzing. I mean I, I can remember the, the Rogers days listening to you guys and, and see to be on. Honestly, it's a it's a dream come true. I'm glad it's a dream for you, because right now, Spunk Phone, it's no much of a dream to be on Gigpod with the state of Celtic. Now, today Neil Lennon has said he is grateful for the backing of the Celtic board, who don't just sack managers for the sake of it. Now, I had a face like Alan Brazil earlier, right? But I want to know, has it worked you into a shoot as well? I'd, do you know what? I'd, I switched off to Lennon a while ago, probably after Ferenc Varos. Just, I'd, I read very little into what he's saying these days. Anything I do see, it's it's always contradictory, isn't it? From one game to the next, it's just completely different stuff he's sitting out with. What really worked me into a shoot this week, actually, 
was a uh, was the comments for for Dermot Desmond or sorry I should say Dermot Desmond's source um, that that spoke to Keith Jackson at the record. A bunch of fans with an enormous sense of entitlement. That's ridiculous. That's that's the guy in charge that's saying that about the support. And I get he's trying to demonise the guys almost that went up to Parkhead after the Ross County game and on Sunday, but it just tells you exactly how out of touch these guys are at the moment. It's fair to say though, they've probably always been like that though. And when you think about it, Dermot Desmond woke up and changed the manager after the Rangers board made fun of him in 2016 but is that just I mean that is just all about ego and personal pride isn't it and it's it's just so unhealthy yeah no no, you're spot on um, it is totally about his ego at this point I mean he's, he's passing it off as if oh we don't want about the pressure of these thugs and whatever the else they were, they were throwing about, about the fans that went up on Sunday but it's just his own ego he doesn't want to just hold his hands up and Peter Lawwell's the same and just go right do you know what Neil Lennon Coming in after Brendan Rodgers as well, who, you know, as, as much as we'll slag him off, he's, he's a top-class manager, he's a top-class coach, he's one of the best in, in Britain. And to go for, for that to Neil Lennon, they just don't want to hold their hands up and admit they've got it wrong. It's, it's two wins in ten now, I mean, what's it going to take? Well, that is a fair point. What is it going to take? Because I have now written in my notes here, at what point are things unacceptable for the board with Lennon? Is it a 10-0 defeat to AC Milan? St Johnston taking one point, a God forbid, three points from us. It, it's not just a recent run here. You know, you're talking Ferenc Faros in August, Rangers in October, Sparta Prague in November, and then Ross County just in Sunday there. So it's not just a few bad games, it's been a few bad months. I have to also say on the flip side, despite this, knowing Neil Lennon's ability to go on a run after winter, it's a continual trait that he's had, uh, 2010, 2011, 2011-2012 and then last season after the, the Dubai shenanigans for both clubs. Now, only this time, a lot, lot more is at stake. But do you think he can repeat that run again after Christmas? Not a chance, honestly. I, I think, um, coming back to that point, actually, in terms of last year, when we went in that run after Christmas, made the change to three five two, and, and we did look brilliant, albeit it was an almighty bottle job against Copenhagen. But um, everyone backed the team last year to turn that around. Because we did the results against Lazio, Rennes, um, I think domestically we'd only drop points to, to Rangers at New Year's, and then away at Easter Road and, and away at, at Livingston as well, where you know we've not got great records there. Um, so I think everyone backed the team, to be honest, to turn it around last winter, but this year, as you said, it's, it's not a few bad results, it's been a few bad months. I mean, even when we were winning games at the start of the season... I'm immediately drawn back to the, the two Europa League qualifiers, the 1-0s. They were appalling. I mean, we were abysmal. It was basically just give the ball to Frimpong and inshallah for both of the games, you know what I mean? It was just give the ball to wee Jez a Frimpong, let him do his magic, he'll cross it in, hopefully Edwards on the end it, and bang, we're in the Europa League. It's, it's just not been good enough since since day one this season, to be honest. No, it's not. And I remember um, uh, in the game that we beat Ross County 5-0, a lot of my friends were saying how alarming it was and this is going to be a struggle this season. Now, me being arrogant Stevie as always, I just laughed at them. I said, Bosch, Flimshaw, 5-0 again for us County away. What more do you want? <laughs> Easy. We've just we've done it in first gear. Little did I realise that it really was just papering over the cracks because even the wins, as you say, hasn't been good enough. And it now makes me wonder, tomorrow against AC Milan, which we'll get into in a wee second in the next point, but I even suspect that 
if we even don't get a shot on target and AC Milan run out three or four nil winners, I mean, that's going to be deemed now as acceptable. And you've got to say to yourself, where are Celtic in the footballing world? Because I know that we've taken a baton and we've taken a doing over the years, even under Brendan Rodgers as well. But when Celtic Football Club, who make out and portray themselves as a big club, as we say in this show all the time, that's what they always make out they are. If they honestly think going to the San Siro, dead rubber or not, and three or four nil is a acceptable scoreline and passable for them, that's a problem. It's it's not, and, and it never has been. And it's as I say, it's it's symptomatic of where we are in in European football and this prioritisation as well for the guys at the top of ten in a row. I mean, as much as the fans will obsess over it, and, and it's totally understandable, I've been guilty of it myself as well. The reality is, you've got guys at the top, Peter Lawwell, Dermot Desmond, priding themselves on being great businessmen, but they've, they've judged their own success and the success of the club on their domestic success over the last few years. They're looking at three consecutive trebles, we're going for a fourth as well, and they're, um, you know, they're sitting back and, and basically acting as if I think it was Etienne Boyan, actually. It was on the, the pod view the other week. We seen Europe's like this bonus round to them, almost as if we should just be happy that we're there. It's a few extra games. It, it's it's just um, that sort of mentality for a club our size, paying the wages as well that we're paying. It, it's just um, it, it's saddening, honestly, to, to see that in the way that, that we perform in Europe these days. I mean, we're a joke almost. Here's what I'm guilty of as well, right? Every time I come on this pod, I rant about Celtic constructively. And then every time I listen to the manager speaking, I listen to the captain speaking, and you can tell it's empty words, right? And even then, I still think to myself, surely this time they'll be on the end of a bit of luck or on the end of a decent scoreline here. Surely this run has to end sometime. Under Lennon here, though, I mean, the Ross County one for me was the biggest red flag you'll get when... If they created chances and they were unlucky and everything, you know, I could understand that and I could go, fair enough, it happens. But to create one chance at home was galling, I felt. And my question here is, how do you see it going against AC Milan? Can Celtic pull off a short result, in your opinion? Or is there more chance of Hayley Williams asking you for a drink at Firewater? I think uh, I think at this point there's definitely more chance of Hayley Williams asking me to buy a drink at Firewater and, and that's where the pub shut as well um, get them open nippy but I, t- I just can't see anything other than like you say a 3-4 a even a 5-0 defeat tomorrow night and it's, it is just sad to see that that's where we see ourselves in Europe now I know it's a dead rubber like you're saying but no, I, I think against this Milan team I mean I've, I've um I talk about Serie A a lot on Twitter, but I've, I've, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a fraud because I've not seen much yet this season. How the sort of matches work over there is, is they're kind of big match days. The Sunday, which is clashing with a lot of the Celtic games, and see by the time I've watched us either scrape a draw against some dross domestically. I've just got no energy to watch it, but I watched Milan against Napoli, I think it was a fortnight ago, and, and honestly, um, we've got no chance against them. I, I think even last season, in the group stage, when we look good home and away to Lazio, I'd honestly fancy this Milan team to beat. It's the only positive I can find at the moment. Ibrahimovic, who, who scored both the goals in that game against Napoli, he's out at the moment with a groin injury. He's not played the last two games. Fingers crossed, uh, inshallah, I should say, that, that he's not featuring tomorrow night because it might help keep the score respectable. But even at that, they've still got so much firepower and, and against their defence at the moment. They're going to score goals. I think the one for me when the home game, after we were bodied against Rangers and you were looking for a, 
reaction at Celtic Park. First, you know, Europa game in the campaign. And that boy, uh, Frank Kessie, was it, in the middle of the park. He was eventually subbed after, I think, 60 minutes or so. But he did his job in the first half. He completely nullified our entire midfield. He's a brilliant player. What's interesting about Milan and the parallels to Celtic is, when you think about it, Milan were in the doldrums for quite some time. They were a shadow of the giant that they were. And then they've just awoken and arisen again. And they seem to have, <laughs> wait for it, made a major managerial change. And they're now reaping the rewards for it, whereas Celtic are in the doldrums like Milan were. But they're still refusing to change. I don't think we're going to see us making shockwaves in Europe again unless we bring in a different manager for the long term. There's an interesting parallel with us in Milan as well, which is during that period when they were so guilty of just making terrible decisions, one of the worst things they were doing was just constantly giving the job to, to former players that weren't up to the level. And, and at the moment... That's exactly what we've got in our dugout, I think. it's. Um, I think you're right, to be honest. I think um, you need a major, not just a managerial change now, I think the whole football department at Celtic just needs to be restructured. You're looking at the, the, the recruitment policy over the past few years as well. Just, I, I honestly, it worked for a while. You were unearthing guys like Wanyama, Van Dyke, all these guys that we were selling on for millions and millions of pounds. And we're still doing it the odd time, but the money we're wasting now, on players that were not even given a chance, it's 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 just nonsensical. Again, I come back to the point. Peter Lawwell prides himself on being this great businessman. Where's where's the great business at Celtic over the past years in the transfer market? Very interesting that you bring up Peter Lawwell and um, being a great businessman. That's for another episode next week, but that'll be an explosive shoot one. Speaking of AC Milan now, are they? Am I right in saying they're your second team? Uh, they are. They are my Italian side. I would I would call them. Yeah. Sad. Talk to me about your love of Serie A because may I remind you, I was once young and when I was wee, Serie A was a tier one league to watch when you were growing up. You had James Richardson working a work with Paul Ince on the plane, the pink newspapers, that cappuccino and espresso that he'd be sitting about, just talking about the football so casually. It was never seen before at the time with Gazetta Football Italia. Since that's now no longer covered on Channel 4 the way it was when I was wee, where did you get into Italian football? Um, I know it's a cliche now with the, the amount you see about them in social media, but it was that mid-2000 Milan team, I think. It was just a wee guy at the time, basically, and, and seeing um, guys like Kaka. Kaka was the big one for me, actually. I know he'd done a fair bit of damage to us in, in Europe at the time, and latterly as well when he, when he came back for his second spell. But it was seeing them on uh, ITV Free Air Champions League games, do you remember them? Uh, it was that that was it really that's where it started when it comes to Serie A players and everything who is your ultimate all-time favourite ultimate all-time favourite I, I think it'd have to be Kaka like I say he's, he's one of the first guys I can really remember watching when I was younger just that kind of two or three year spell where he was just the best player in the world he was untouchable and he'd done us a fair bit of damage in Europe like I say but he um, it was, it was a joy to watch I thought you were going to reveal what he blocked you or something for being a wido <laughs> here's one for the listeners too your actual photo on Twitter, the one that you have with the money at the year, it's not actually you, it's, is it? It's not, no, it's my pal. Um, do you know what it was? It was <laughs> it was years ago. Um, I made this daft edit of him, basically, and just stuck it in a group chat and, and changed it to my picture on Twitter. It's just about four or five years ago, and honestly, see, ever since, I've, I've just kept it. It's it's um, it's too good to change now. It's, it's too iconic. Does, does your pal know that he is essentially living somebody else's life. Aye, no, no, he's fully well. He's fine with it. Honestly, he, he doesn't care. Um, 
there's like there's people that went to school with and all that as well that have asked him like who's behind it and to be honest I think he wants to kind of start taking the credit for it now what are you going to do about it? just keeping it honestly what's he going to do about it? It's, honestly it's, it's too iconic now I, I can't change it there'll be, there'll be backlash and not even that you've got an army of spunkomaniacs to back you up anyway he's done he's finished that's the thing and, and as, I, as I always say about the, the spunkomaniacs a pack of rabid, flesh-eating dogs. Got to ask you, how many Spunkamaniacs were in attendance on Sunday at Celtic Park? And have they kept their mouth shut for their role in the fracas? And will they be on standby for this Sunday if we don't take three points against St Johnston? Look, the Spunkamaniacs clearly played a, a key role in the, the violence, the missiles that were being thrown at players. You know, I, I was, I'd, I'd like to think I was the mastermind behind that. I think people are going to be on, on standby, aren't they, for Sunday? I'd, I'd imagine, regardless of the result tomorrow night, to be honest, there's going to be people up there protesting before the game if, if he's still in the dugout. It's um, it's just getting ridiculous now. What about, you know, we get a result tomorrow and in Sunday, do you think people will go, ah, do you know what, give him the game, he's earned the respect. Do you think if we get a result tomorrow that will have any bearing on the fans' anger ahead of the weekend? I, I just It's not even something that's crossed my mind because I know there's absolutely no chance in hell it happening. They seem determined, don't they, to give him up to the Scottish Cup final. The, the way I'm reading into things, they want him to win his treble, uh, as it were. Yes. So, I, honestly, I, I mean, I said a few weeks ago as well, kind of tongue-in-cheek at the time, but after that Motherwell game where we won 4-1 at Fir Park, going into an international break, sorry, I said at the time, I'd, I'd honestly, I still just sacked him at that point because see, even if we got some sort of result by some miracle tomorrow night, say we get a draw for the game or, or it's a, a decent performance, it's a respectable scoreline and then we go and win on, on Sunday against St. Johnston, I still just think you're delaying the inevitable. I think no matter what, we're going to go to Ibrox and we're going to get absolutely hammered in the 2nd of January. I just, under this manager... I can't see anything other than that. Yeah, I've already had you know a couple of guests and Rizzo as well talking about the game at Ibrox. It's mad because it's still what five weeks away, maybe less than that, maybe four now. But I don't think anybody's optimistic for it. But amazingly enough, we've got such a a busy December and it's a mad schedule that we can't even be thinking about that yet. And it's got to be or to focus on the Milan game's just it's a dead rubber, and I'm not caring about it as long as it's not an utter doing. It's all about St Johnston, and it is a real sad day when a game against St Johnston, the biggest jobbers in the league, who I hate the most, isn't even a formality. But let me move on and ask you finally now. Shoot prediction time. Will we be raising a bottle of brown up there in New Lennon on Sunday? Or will he evade meeting Juice World, Diego, Sir Sean Connery for some time yet? What do you think? Honestly, I mean, I've came away from, from what, Easter Road... Sparta Prague away uh, and at the weekend as well against Ross County now and thinking surely, like surely this has got to be it. They cannot let this go on. It's utter negligence at this point. But honestly, see with the statements they've been firing out over the past 10 days or so since the 2-2 Easter Road, I, I honestly, I can't see them sacking them. I, I've lost all hope that they're going to make a change before the Scottish Cup final at least. And they, they keep talking about giving him that, essentially, to, to give him the chance to win his treble. But see, at the moment, is that even a formality against a second-tier second heart side as well? With Andrew Halliday as well. And, lest we forget, three baldy guys up front. Craig White and Stephen Naismith and Liam Boyce. Terrible <laughs> headlines. 
I think that would be the biggest humiliation of, of all this season, to be honest. 4-1 Dunes, home and away to Sparta Prague, Ferenc Varos, Rangers, Conor Goldson just absolutely strolling it at Parkhead. I honestly think that that would be the biggest humiliation of all, losing a cup final with three baldies. Listen, before we go as well, you are meant to be doing a, a podcast. You're meant to be a podcaster now. What's going on? What is, why the hold up? It was, it was a work. Just like I've written over on, on my um, on my second account, at Spunk Telefono, by the way, give it a follow. <laughs> Same with the Hickey giveaway that I'd done a, a while back. It's just a work. Was I worked into a shoot? So many people took the bait. You were worked into a shoot. You gave me the gig pod follow. I'll never forget when Tommy Burns... Tommy said to me that when you become a Celtic podcaster, Stevie, you're a leader of the men and a leader of the people, and I'm very proud to be here for you guys, so thank you very much, and thank you very much, Spunkphone, for coming on GigPod. This has been episode 10, but I have to wrap up and stop laughing. Please, where can all these listeners find you? Uh, so, so you can find me on Twitter, at Spunkphone, um, and as I mentioned as well, my sort of burner account, um, that, that's all just sort of works uh, is Spunk Telefono as well so um, hopefully this this gets me a, a few new followers because as I say I'm, I'm just obsessed with social media clout these days um, so I, I could really be doing with it Well Spunkphone, have a good one and listeners, thanks a lot for tuning in for episode 10, episode 11 will be another Chats 2 uh, that'll probably be out on Friday or Saturday and I'll keep you updated with that on the Twitter feed. So remember to follow us at GigPod and subscribe to us everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, wherever you get your podcasts. We're pretty much on everywhere. So subscribe away and you'll get all the latest stuff. Cheers. Podcast Network.